Welcome, Welcome to Pisces Rising. Rising. I'm Ash. And I'm Heather. We want to talk about astrology with you. Go deep or go home. Hello. We are back after an unintentional month-long break. Hi, everyone. We did have an epic podcast recorded, but it vaporized. So yeah. we are going to reiterate it here today. And even though it was Mars, we didn't get angry about it because we've learned so much since then. Yeah, exactly. It's Mars through the signs. So look up your own Mars sign if you don't know it. Look up the Mars signs of your friends and family and lovers and follow along with us. So what does Mars represent? It is fire, sexuality, aggression, rage, anger, peace, action, moving forward, initiation. It's Mars definitely is the charge in your chart. It charges you up. Well, depending on where it is, it could also be a little bit muted, um, but Mars itself carries a charge, a charge that is wants you to pioneer forward, a charge that get, that boosts your metabolism and gives you physical energy. And Mars is also about the body kind of too, right? I think so. It's about physical strength, physical energy. A poorly aspected Mars could make you maybe have problems with strength or problems with your body. I think that it a lot of it has to do with like raw sexuality as well, not necessarily like sensuality, but the more kind of primitive animalistic urge of sex. Yeah, total root chakra. Yeah. Um maybe firing up the 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 sacral a little bit, but it is definitely where, you know, the the kundalini is activated, that bottom base root chakra energy that Mars just charges can charge up a whole system. Yep. So let's start with Mars and Aries. Going in order is always good. Mars and Aries ruling planet. Yeah. Still? Yep. So it's at home there. So Mars and Aries is like as Aries as you can get. It's a person that has a Mars and Aries. You're going to, they're going to really seem like a sun sign in Aries. They're going to be charged up. They're going to want to move forward. Anything that makes them feel uncomfortable or is super emotional, they're going to steer away from, except for anger, which I think they could express very quickly, very thoroughly, and then literally move on. Like, burn it up, move on. That's a Mars and Aries. It does come off as a little volatile and a little intense, but when they're done, they're done, and their tantrums don't last very long. Yeah, they could have a quick temper, and they might blow up from time to time, but... Yeah, as soon as it starts, it's pretty much over. They just need to expel the energy and then they move on. These people could be very physically active. They could be interested in sports, athletics, anything competition-based. Oh, I didn't even think of that. So I would also say a Mars in Aries is very social, actually. Yes. Um, not afraid to talk to people. In a way, a Mars in Aries, can, the higher side of Mars in Aries, or it also could be the lower side, is to be fearless. Yeah, very extroverted in the way that the energy is expressed. They make big movements. It's probably hard to kind of shrink into those shadows. When you have Mars and Aries, it's going to be known. People are going to notice when you're upset. It's going to be really clear. They're not going to be able to kind of sweep it under the rug. It's just going to come out. It's going to maybe be a little road ragey, and then it's over. 
And I think that sometimes Mars and Aries can move so quick, they, like, forget to lock the car or shut their house door. Oh, absolutely, um, yes. A little bit, like, careless. Yeah, forgetful, more aware of their own body than of their surroundings, maybe, or maybe not as concerned with the surroundings. So it's not that they're not noticing necessarily, they're just don't care as much. Yeah, but it's exactly like you said, more in their body, because they're in their head, they're in their body, they don't necessarily, or they're not taking in the environment, they're just doing what they're going to do. There's not an or absorption of it. Yeah. Um, like a Mars and a water sign, by any means. Yeah, they're not necessarily worried about what other people think, what other people are going to take away from their presentation, so they're not altering the way that they're sharing their anger based on who's around. They're going to be pretty much the same way with most people. Mars and Taurus. Mm -hmm. Slow, slows down Mars. Again, the planet is dominant, which we've talked about a lot through some um, of the episodes. But what I'm really noticing right now, actually, especially because Mars, both Mars and um, Uranus are in Taurus. And I've noticed this for a little while, like, the way that the Uranian energy, when it strikes people, like normally Uranus is like, boom, here's the mess, clean it up, see you later. But now it's like long and slow and delivers it different. I think like Taurus holds on more yeah. to the mess and it slows down the spinning of the planets in a weird, subtle way. So Mars and Taurus, you can almost feel the slowness of it, the like, the, it, it feels heavy and it feels like that energy of, it is a little bit Ferdinand, like. The, they want to piss the bull off and it's like not going to get pissed off. And then when it gets pissed off or when it gets the fly on its ass, you know, it's going to move and shake and like be so embodied and so volatile that it could be dangerous. Yeah, I think that this is going to be a pretty passive character, um, very deliberate in their movements, maybe a little slower moving. They might have sort of routines in the way that they kind of get out their physical energy. This would be like somebody who goes to the gym every Thursday at three o'clock. There's like a certain routine to it, um, maybe less active than somebody with Mars and Aries. But when that anger comes or when that energy kind of comes over them, it's really probably a little frightening because you're not used to this person expressing themselves in this way. And it kind of all comes out at once. So you might suddenly be getting the anger from, you know, Christmas five years ago, like when you said <laughs> something rude <laughs> to them and you just kind of say an offhanded comment that's not that bad, but it like reminds them of that time five years ago. And then you get like the rage of five years having built up in the body just coming out. So Mars and Taurus, it's good if they can kind of learn to let some of that out over time rather than letting it build up because it's going to create, it could create tension in the body. It could create stagnation in their lives. Yeah, because Taurus energy is physically empathetic. So the way their empathy is, is they're going to feel it in like a knot in the body as opposed to like, you know, a Pisces who may feel it and want to puke. So... Mars feeling the stuff in the body, like they know, like when a Mars and Taurus gets mad, they know, and they know that they're putting it off for later. I mean, maybe if Mars was in retrograde, not so much, but a Mars and Taurus, when they're pissed off, they know they're pissed off. So they actively are like, all right, I'm going to do this later. Like it doesn't feel right now. I can sit on it. I can ruminate it. And it's not even like they forget. They clearly don't forget because like no. Ash said, Christmas five years ago, they're going to bring it up. And 
and they're going to be mad when you've forgotten it because you might not even have known that you've done it, which will make them matter. And the anger almost takes over the room so strongly that like there's nothing like just like head out until they've calmed down and then have the conversation. When a Mars and Taurus is triggered, there's no rationalizing them out of it. I mean, would you like? I guess bullfighters might, you know, try to... A Mars and Taurus, when the Mars is active, is going to be a bullfight. Yeah, you know? exactly. So... You, you kind of just should get out of the way of that. <laughs> and um, I do think that they can be very sensual. Mars and Taurus, they are very much in their bodies, so they can be enjoy physical contact, physical touch. They probably have a strong appetite for sexual connection I think that that's probably how they express a lot of their energy through that that's a good one I almost forgot about that but very much so yeah I mean Mars is slightly debilitated in Taurus so it's not going to be acting at its full Mars potential but it comes out in other ways yeah Mars and Gemini Hmm. yeah Mars and Gemini is more about rationalizing anger because Gemini is so mental that there's a slight detachment from the anger and more of a kind of moving through the brain and um, separating from the feeling of anger in the body from the feeling of physical energy and more turning that into a mental thing it would be like debate club yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that is still, like, fairly intense, like, confrontational, but it's all, like, within the realm of the mind and uh, the logical fact and presenting evidence and, yeah, exactly. It would, or, like, maybe a cyberbullying as opposed to, like, there, Geminis can have a mean streak and Mars has a mean streak. So it can have a meanness to it. But it's not going to be physical, like the physicality of the Aries Taurus. It's going to be like, well, you're stupid and this is why. Yeah, they're cutting in their remarks and they know what to say to really get to you. And that's how they let off their steam sometimes. So if they're, if they're upset, they're going to take you down through those witty remarks. And they also know facts, too. Mm. So, so it's like they're not going to come at you if they don't know the information either. Or yeah. they, they might a little bit. But really, if you make a Mars and Gemini mad, it's because you've probably insulted their intelligence. And that's why they're triggered and maybe become mean. And if, if you hurt, yeah, a Mars and Gemini is not going to be emotional. No, and I think, you know, they could have two sides to the way they express anger. I mean, any planet in Gemini, there's going to be almost two variations on the way that it's expressed. So, yeah, there's this mental side, but then there's also, um, so there's also, there's probably this kind of fun-loving, like, debater inside of them where they like to sort of argue in, like, a playful manner, but then it can turn on itself suddenly, and you're dealing with this super cold, snake-like person who just cuts you down with their remarks. Yeah. Bullying is a really good example, like the cyberbullying, because it's not physical in any way, but it can still destroy people. But I guess a really powerful, positive side of Mars in Gemini is they could be really detached. So they could be surgeons or do Mm. something really hard and detach from the situation without also like being mean or looking at you grossly where like maybe somebody with a Mars in cancer is like, Oh my God, me, I can't touch it. But a Mars in Gemini is going to be like, all right, 
animals getting butchered is a natural process and it needs to, it, it, environmentally, this is the way to do it. So they're going to be able to pull off the really hard things. Yeah, like even even like a, if they were vegan, they could probably like compartmentalize it and just do it, you mm-hmm. know? I think they can like detach their own personal beliefs from whatever it is they're doing. I really, really respect that from people because I have a hard time if I see something in pain, I'm like, oh, I feel pain and I almost get paralyzed. Like, um, let's say like you run over an animal by accident and you have to like you know, it's not going to make it and you have to put it out of its misery, like that type of thing. Is uh, yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I don't know that I'd be able to do it. Yeah. Like I, I would have I to like, either. like uh, one time I had to have um, my neighbor, my cat got a mouse and left it in the front door. I went out my back door, back and through the front door, up the stairs. Marcos wasn't home. He was away for like a week. And I knocked on my tenant's door and I'm like, can you come take this dead mouse? <laughs> Because I can't even instantly feel suffering, and I try, like I try to not, but the energy is like really attached. My Mars is in Cancer, which we're gonna get to next, which is a lot more attached than detached. So having Mars in a detached placement, like an air sign, actually could be really good for getting for those harder things that would require a lot of sensitivity to do, but still need to be done to better the situation, even though it makes you feel sensitive. Mm. Mars and Gemini's are great for that. They will, like, if you need a heart transplant, they're the the people to do it. I think that Mars and Gemini, too, they probably get a lot of their mental ideas through physical activity. Like, they're going to be the type of person that goes for a walk, and then suddenly they have an idea. They're able to solve a problem that way. It's like the kinetic energy of Mars with the mental energy of the mind working together. And a lot of hand stuff, too, probably. Yeah. Like talking with their hands, you mean? Yeah, talking with their hands, maybe working with their hands. Um, You know, I can't think of another example other than surgery. Um, But like, yeah, it's not going to be like needlework or anything. But it might be like drawing anatomy. That would be another thing. I could see where you would be really curious of what's inside and really wanting to understand. I, I feel like Mars, I know Mars is not quite a research planet, but... It's not like it hates information, you know, no. it, it, it does like information and it does register it. And there is a primal sense of the physical body with Mars. So I could see where you'd want to understand it from a perspective of like, okay, this is what this system does. This is what this system can do. And the Gemini minds are perfect for that. Yeah. Mars and Cancer. Um, want to kick this off since yeah. you... Have it? Yeah, I have it. Um, in the last episode, I like practically gave um, my complete personal experience of what it's like to, to have it. Um, so I'm just going to do that again. What it feels like is little waves. When you get your feelings hurt, you're not quite aware of it because it feels so uncomfortable at the time. And then you want the other person to feel better so you don't address it. And then like bad behavior might keep happening with a Mars and Cancer. And a Mars and Cancer will be quiet, 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 quiet. And then all of a sudden when they finally realize that they're pissed, it's like a straw that breaks the camel's back. Like somebody can do, you know, somebody can blow them off a billion times and then like, you know, show up and be five minutes late and the Mars and Cancer is going to be like, fuck you forever, you know, and a tidal wave is going to come at them in this thing because they all of a sudden started ruminating and thinking back because Mars and Cancer's have great memories. Kind of like Mars and Taurus, like we were talking about. Yep, yep. But only not as much in their body and more in a show of emotion where yes. like with Taurus, it's going to be anger. A Mars and Cancer is going to get mad and it's going to tidal wave you, but more with emotion and sadness and guilt and passive aggressiveness and all these gross things that you're like, 
wait, what am I dealing with and how am I dealing with it? Because now, you know, I would say they don't wait as long as Taurus and it's not as volatile, but I would also say it's more passive, harder to solve because you don't know what you're working with. And yeah. when, when a Mars in Cancer is mad, they're not going to show you that because they don't even know it. That is that seems very right on. Yeah, like they they it will come out in the way that they're doing. They'll continue to care for you, like even if they're mad at you, but they're gonna like they're gonna you know be slamming around the kitchen. They're still making you a wonderful meal, and they're gonna serve it to you. You're not gonna go hungry, but you're gonna hear them slamming stuff around, and then you know you might ask them what's wrong. They're like nothing, nothing's wrong. Like what would be wrong? You're right. Sometimes they don't know what the what's wrong or they're not sure. It's just a feeling that, you know, is in them. Yeah. Cause cancer energy, like they're, they can get really cold. I wouldn't necessarily refer to them as anger. And I actually think, so I don't have this cause I'm fueled with Aries as well. So anger doesn't bother me. I very much enjoy getting angry and letting it off. But in general, cancer energy doesn't enjoy getting angry mm. and it makes them very uncomfortable and they look at it almost as like a demonic kind of thing yes like I've done something wrong like there's something evil about me for feeling anger mm-hmm. and they don't like having anger expressed at them they'll be they'll shrink into their shells if it happens yeah so instead they become cold and distant yes. and that's kind of where they do it but with the tidal wave energy it's more like crying and being like well you did this and that and like it's not going to necessarily make sense because at the time of it happening again they're like a mars in cancer realizes they're taken advantage of like a year after they've been taking advantage of for five years you know that's kind of how it works so their reaction is just like different and the interesting thing is it could be volatile for relationships and the relationship will end because somebody might be nice 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 and then they're the bitch and then it's over because they finally expressed their needs, but in a really convoluted way. I've gotten a lot better with my Mars and Cancer over the many years, and understanding astrology has really helped me hate this, has really helped me understand this placement that I've hated for so long. It took me so long to figure out how to work with it, like maybe up until three or four years ago. But now that I see, like, w- w- one of the things for any of you Mars and Cancers out there, when something is like, hmm, that's off, ask yourself what it is. Yeah. You know, because that's going to prevent a lot of stuff. And approach it. Even if you're not that hurt at the time, approach it anyway because it's a pre-boundary for knowing who you are and how you operate. Do you think that they pick up on other people's emotions too and kind of absorb them? Or is that more of like a a different cancer placement? Like, uh, well, it, Yes, but but very specifically in the sense that they do it to not deal with their own. You know, rather than a moon in cancer, right? a a Mars in cancer is going to be like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. My anger's in check. You check yours because I feel your this and that, you know? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Mars and Leo. I have this one. Generally pretty good natured, but when they're upset, when there's anger happening, it's very dramatic. It's expressed in really temper tantrum-like ways, usually triggered by what they perceive as someone else not treating them with the respect and dignity that they deserve. Like, you can't talk to me like that. Like, how dare you speak to me like that? You know, it's like usually protecting their own pride, their own ego, their own whatever. And they will fiercely defend others too. Like, I know that I, you know, won't get mad very often, but if somebody does something to my cat or whatever, like, I am going to come at them with, like, a show of anger and... You know, I'm, I'm a very non-confrontational person otherwise. Is your Mars conjunct the sun? 
mm, within six degrees. Okay. It doesn't seem like it is. Yeah. Um, so a Mars in Leo is big. It can be really big. Again, Mars is not always about anger. So the way that I can kind of see it with you or see it with other Mars and Leos is not, not necessarily afraid to express and being quick expressively. So um, possibly being quick to anger, not as much so Aries. I think that when Leos, Leos are fixed, so the anger builds and builds and builds and then could explode as well. But they're more aware of their anger and the way that it more shows with a Mars and Leo is a life force and like a vitality. So like, for example, with you, like your Mars and Leo is like in your clothing, you know, it's yeah. like bright colors and like not being afraid to like wear this and being like confident in appearance and confident in, you know, how you love. Mars doesn't necessarily carry love, but it carries the show for love. Yeah. And then it being in Leo is going to actually show like love and devotion that could be over the top, like in starting a new relationship, like gifting and like dressing up and everything to the nines and romance. Like I could actually see Mars and Leo to be very romantic. Um, and that may sound strange, but Mars is not very absorbent, but you have fire with fire. And the yeah. fire is amplified in Leo. And Leo loves to show. They love to, like, you know, be big and be bold. And if they don't like that, like, with them, is your Mars in retro? No. If they're not, like, you know, the showy energy or the, like, over-the-top energy, they're definitely thinking about it because it's so active. It's fire with fire. And, and fixed fire is, like, what is fixed fire like? It's, like... Not a candle flame, it's bigger than that. It's like a wood stove. Like, yeah. that's always on and it's always burning. So, because it's always burning, there is movement and there is expression. But when it gets clogged, you know, it's gonna be an explosion. I, I actually have seen when Mars and Leos lose their shit, it's almost <laughs> funny to me because it's so dramatic. It's like watching a soap opera and they can just go and go and go and like list off their reasons why they're mad in a monologue. And if you just watch and listen, like it's gonna be okay, even though it could be volatile. They just like need to like get it out of their body. They need to release steam from the furnace and that's what's gonna do it. So their anger could be epic proportions for sure and their reactions could be epic proportions as well. But they're not necessarily like, going to hurt you. They just want to be seen and recognized. Yeah. Like an Aries Mars might throw something at you, you know. A Leo Mars might like get up on stage and tell everybody why like they're yeah. mad and not be uncomfortable with that. The worst thing you can do when a Mars Leo is mad is to ignore them. They, you, like, you need to give them an active audience to vent it, and then everything will be fine. They just need to know someone's listening, someone cares. You don't even need to do anything about it except for listen, and that's usually all it takes. They just need to know that if somebody is paying attention to them because this is like, you know, they going in the room and, like, falling on the bed dramatically like oh my god I can't believe how they talked to me today it's like that type of complete musical theater <laughs> showing my mom has a Mars and Leo and when I was little and she'd get mad at me um, she would come out and yell at me in Arabic and then when she didn't when we were in the house and she would speak English because in Arabic nobody would know what she was saying so she can be as crazy as she wanted and then when I'd go in and speak English, she'd, she'd just say these crazy things. 
And for years I was like, whoa, like, are you really this mean? Because you don't come off this mean. I don't get it. She'd be like, I'm going to break your neck or I'm going to, you know, I'm going to like burn you. And what I realized is it was the <laughs> translation. So oh, because she couldn't translate so the she, Arabic because her first language is Arabic and French. So she would just be so angry that she couldn't even translate like in the moment. Yeah. So she yeah. would say what she would be saying in Arabic, but in English, you know, to like, and it would just get, it would just sound so much meaner because yeah. like, you know, saying you're going to like break your neck in Arabic is just like a saying of like, you know, it's just not, it's not as bad. But when it translates, it was like, and it took me years to realize that. Yeah. I was like, wow, your anger is crazy. And then I'm just like, wait a minute. She just wanted to be heard. And she doesn't really mean what she's saying. She just like, it's, it's just a show like, of anger. Yeah. yeah. Mars and Virgo. Mars and Virgo. Yeah. This is a little more controlled. Okay, so like Mars and Gemini, Mars and Virgo are going to be able to intellectualize their anger. But the thing is, unlike Mars and Gemini, they can't, you know, like they don't get the same energy from thinking. So what they're doing is they're kind of repressing their anger the more that they think, and then it can kind of manifest in the body. Like that's one way that it can go. Um, a healthier Mars and Virgo is able to express it through movement, through motion, through maybe like yoga or something like that. I could see them being more disciplined in the way that they're expressing it. But yeah, they can create a lot of nervous tension in the body for people with Mars and Virgo. And they focus on detail where a Mars and Gemini is not going to take things personally. A Mars and Virgo is going to take things so personally. Mm -hmm. They might not hold on to it, but they will be hurt. Like, if you um, get mad at them or even in their anger, like, they're, they're going to have a harder time letting it go because there's... I, I don't find Mars and Virgo very understanding. I find it like, why would somebody do this? And not necessarily thinking about where that person came from, but, like, that's just the wrong thing to do. Like, there's only... You know, not that they think there's only one way to do something, but... It's like there's almost like a really weird moral code and they might get it from like the Bible or whatever their moral code yeah. is and they want things to be that way and it doesn't really work that way. So they end up getting like frustrated and focusing on detail and the, the sad thing is it's almost, again, like Leo, it's almost comical when uh, Mars and Virgo gets mad because... because they're just so focused on like a hundred little things, except for the fact of the main thing that their feelings were hurt. And if you could just admit your feelings were hurt instead of all the stuff this person did, you yeah, know, exactly. you'd be better off. Yeah, they can have a tendency to, I guess it, it really depends. If their Mercury is also in Virgo, they're going to have a tendency to be really neurotic and really like overthinking everything. And they might actually get frozen in, in action. So Mars and Virgo does run that risk of getting frozen and not taking chances, not being able to move out of that sort of stagnation of spinning their wheels out mentally. So it's, again, it's going to be important for them to do things like deep breathing and meditation. I mean, that's all like good Virgo stuff in general, but Mars and Virgo really benefits from it. Yeah, Mars and Virgo could be kind of painful actually, um, and like you said, in the body too, like uh, almost every Virgo I know, people who have a lot of Virgo in their chart, like like everyone, there's like intestinal problems or digestive problems or skin, like... Well, yeah, because they, they worry about everything. So it like, they it, the physical problems manifest as a result of that. Yeah. And, and Mars, 
Mars doesn't really want to worry, it just wants to act, but it, it, it can worry because it's, I wouldn't say it's the nervous system, but it's the charge. It's the root chak chakra charge. Yeah. Um, there's a little throat chakra on Mars, too, because it needs to be released. Mars always needs to be released, no matter yes. what. It's not going to be slow and stuck like Saturn. It's always going to release. And, side note, Mars, if you're being transited by Mars, that could create a great release as well. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but back to Mars and Virgo, that energy is, is going to be like, they could ice you out. If they do detach, they'll just like ice you out and not even deal because they can't go there because it's either like focusing on all the crazy detail and just being like, nope, this detail is not worth it. I'm going to ice you out and not complete a project or something. Well, yeah, they could be maybe like their anxiety is triggered by something. And so they just start avoiding that something, whatever it is like. It, yeah, but on the higher side, I think that Mars and Virgo can be really like sexual and sensual and they can be really in touch with their bodies and with um, their partner's bodies. So I think that that can be a really positive thing once they're able to kind of work through and ground in. Grounding is going to be really important. And a huge need for learning mm. with the higher end. Yes. Like, like wanting to know and wanting to know with the experience as well, as opposed to Gemini who could just want to necessarily might read the information. A Mars and Virgo, I think, is more likely to try what they're talking about. Yes. Yep. Mars and Libra? Yeah. Justice? Justice, yeah. This one's a little challenging because Mars... Libra doesn't like to express anger in general. They are very balanced. They're very focused on harmony, on, you know, making sure that everything is kind of fair and evened out. And Mars isn't really about that. So Mars and Libra is hard because they're going to counter all of their anger with like, I'm really mad at you, but you know, I love you anyway. <laughs> so sometimes they never get that release because they're always trying to counter the anger with like a positive. Yeah, they're, they could be very complimentary. In general, Libras are complimentary, and Mars notices things, especially about the physical appearance. Um, but with their anger, they might flip-flop. Um, they might have a hard time making decisions because they can't like identify why they're mad. Um, they might justify other people's behavior. That's bad behavior. Mm -hmm. um, and then like instead of talking to the person about it, they'll talk to somebody else about it and be super nice to the person about it. Oh, yeah. So it could um, be, yeah, like, to your face, maybe they're being really nice, but then they're, like, trash-talking you to someone else. Yeah, because yeah. Mars likes conflict, and Libra doesn't like conflict, but yeah. Mars is still going to need to uphold the conflict. Our friend and co-worker, Ellen, just stopped by. Hello. And Ellen is going to join us for the rest of the podcast or for part of it. Yeah. So we might have another perspective if she wants to interject at any time, which yeah. is super cool. She's been studying astrology for a few years. And what did we, where were, were we at with Mars and Libra? We were talking about how they tend to maybe be nice to someone if they're mad at them to their face, but then maybe get the anger out behind their back. Yeah, playing both sides. Yeah. Um, but one of the things I did mention in the other um, other podcasts um, is a Mars and Libra at the higher end could really be about justice and really be about like, I could see where a Mars and Libra would make a really good lawyer because if they can see about both sides and pick one, they can really see when something is unjust and something is 
um, painful and, and they know fairness. A Mars in the higher end will totally know fair, fairness. And probably also with things like love and partnership and friends, I could see a Mars in Libra to be very friendly, very open, um, and very unjudgmental unless they're sneak judging you with that like back and forth thing. But that's almost something that you have to go through anyway to find the higher end and see that that's uncomfortable yeah. with any lower end of the sign. You don't just, you're not just born the higher end. You deal with the lower stuff to work with it, to work with astrology, to get to that better place. Um, and a Mars and Libra could be very, very fair and could also not judge weirdo behaviors so mm. a, a mars and libra if you're like oh i have a foot fetish or you know i really like um want to dress like a teletubby when we fuck or something like that <laughs> sorry that's just like really ridiculous but anyway a mars and libra is not going to judge that at all they're going to be like cool whatever you like you know so there's something safe about it yeah, I think that Mars and Libra also gets out a lot of their energy and frustration through maybe art or other expressive qualities being ruled, uh, Libra being ruled by Venus. There's an expression of getting out that physical energy through our, maybe artistic outlets. Okay, Mars and Scorpio. Ah! Don't want them mad at you. No. It's scary. <laughs> Yeah, like for the rest of your life. Yeah, they will hold a grudge and they will glare at you anytime they see you forever. It's like vengeful murder. Yeah. Well, yeah, no, I bet like that would be a crime of passion. Like yeah, just in the heat of the moment. Yeah. But in all fairness, you actually legitimately have to screw one over so bad. Oh, they yeah. are tolerant. Yeah, that's the thing. Like you would have to have done something really awful um, and... One thing is that you're going to know where they stand or where you stand with them at any point. They're By not, their eye contact. Yeah, they can't <laughs> hide. I mean, even though Scorpio is very private, they their eyes are going to tell you everything. Yeah, they're almost like the mother that looks at you and you just stop doing what you're doing or the dad that looks at you and the look is like so scary or like, oh my God, you're right. I only brushed my teeth for one minute and not two. Yeah. Um, very sensual, very sexual, very, they, they have purpose. Uh, like, there's such a purpose with a Mars and Scorpio. Like, they, they, they're going to, oh, shit, Mars is desire. Mars is also connected to the desire and what you want. So it's root, there's also a little solar plexus in there, right? So uh, a Scorpio is, is so desirable. They're so ruled by their desire and with what they want, and they really think about it and, like, use that energy over and over again to like fire up their desire and they're the signs that get something done and then launches the whatever they're doing like so it's already done it's already perfect and it's already going to work by the time they bring it out to there because of their privacy thing but with the mars it's like they might want to keep it private but you know something is being done you know they're taking action a, Mar a mars and scorpio has huge action um in the sense of following their desires. And that's why if you fuck with their desires, they will wait years and years to get revenge on you. They won't forget. Mars in a water sign does not forget anything emotional. Mars in the, and also the moon, just so you guys know. Mars and the moon in a water sign. If you... If their, their emotions are like stored in their body and just waiting to come out um, when triggered by some sort of memory. So... 
they can, and I'm not talking about like academic book memory. I'm talking about like if you, you know, if they met you one time, especially Mars and Scorpio, if, they, if you met them one time and the impression wasn't that great and you meet them 20 years later and look completely different, they'll remember you and they'll feel the same impression and they'll um, act on it. So if they were like cold the first time, they're going to be cold the second time too. Um, and, and they know, they know why. They're very intuitive. They remember, they know mm -hmm. why. Um, and, you know, the other two water signs, Pisces and Cancer, they can create what they think you might have done wrong because they're hurt and can't deal with it. But a Mars and Scorpio is not going to create it. It's not going to create a memory or, or create a feeling that's not 100%. Um, authentic yeah yeah like you would really have to have done something because you also have to anything scorpionic you have to earn yeah. and once you earn it uh, and they trust you if they're wrong after that point you know they're gonna get you yeah fixed water is like the deepest sea it's like the deepest darkest part of the ocean so they're going to be holding things in their body from like age two. Like there's so much memory and there's so much release that probably needs to happen. If you have your Mars and Scorpio, you're going to want to, you know, maybe do like acupressure or certain things like that that are going to help you to release some of that stuff because you're going to be carrying it around in you. And so these other things that you encounter throughout the day are going to bring up these sort of emotional memories and it will be useful to kind of uh, release that as much as you can. Um, just real quick, I'm going to bring up a hard topic. Mars in Scorpio could, they could struggle with suicide and suicidal tendencies. So you also really want to check that because if you're not constantly checking your feelings, which most likely you are, but repressed feelings and, and doom, like a Mars in Scorpio could sometimes feel like there's no way out of depression. Mm. Um, and that, that could be like really bad because they don't talk. Right? Yeah. Even though Mars wants to talk and Mars wants to, to articulate, they don't. So a Mars, it, especially a Mars in 29 degrees Scorpio, Ooh. man, like that could like really like, yeah, that's like hard. if any of you have a Mars in 29 degrees Scorpio, like let it out, let off some steam, whether it's like to a 1-800 number and nobody's going to like, you know, you're not going to necessarily like feel whatever is going to work, whether it's a close friend or, or somebody um, that you don't know, which most likely I could see where a Mars and Scorpio would do that. Um, you do have to like let off the steam because there's a lot of pent up energy with that Mars and Scorpio. Yeah. Scorpio in general, trust is so huge. So someone with Mars and Scorpio, they're going to only let out those sort of more aggressive or intense feelings when it's with someone they deeply trust. And it takes them a while to trust someone. So if you do have, if you're a Mars and Scorpio, you do have someone you trust, you know, it's okay to kind of share with that person. It's a safe space. Mars and Sagittarius. Oh, very much lighter. They're going to get over things really quickly. Um, they might be the type that expresses any sort of physical energy or feeling through movement. So we mentioned Mars and Gemini tends to get ideas from walking around. And I think that it's kind of um, similar for Mars and Sagittarius. They're going to burn off that energy just by moving and breaking away from what they're doing. 
they're race car drivers and stunt people. Like, mm. they're the signs that are, like, going to jump off the cliff and be the double in the movie that's, like, can risk hurting themselves and they probably won't get hurt. Yeah, it can run the risk of being sort of escapist, like they're trying to outrun their feelings or they're trying to outrun, like, their aggressions or emotions. But, I mean, generally speaking, Sagittarius doesn't hold on to stuff too long. They kind of forget about it really quickly. So Mars and Sagittarius, it's probably one of the combinations that's going to express anger the least and not have it, like, buried inside of them. Yeah, and also be, like, really open to, like you said, running and escapism, but also, like, all right, this isn't working, I need an adventure. Like, they might have adrenaline. What's going to give me the adrenaline? Mm -hmm. What is going to work? They're going to want to get pumped up in their body. And I could also see where it would be restless if things are stagnant. A a Mars and Sag would, would have a really hard time if they were bored, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I'm, like, thinking about the movie Fight Club right now, but it's, like, that's how they would express their emotion and their, like, aggression, is they would, like, make a game out of it. Let's, like, beat each other up, and then they're just <laughs> laughing afterward, they're over it. You know, like, rather than, like, I'm gonna cry to you about my feelings, it's more like, let that's me just funny. punch you, and ah <laughs> Brad Pitt a Sag? Oh, I don't know. What were you gonna say, Helen? But, um, as, in terms of Mars being, like, drive and desire and things like that, Sag as the third fire sign, it's always like the smoke after the fire, kind of. So like, I've noticed in a lot, in a lot of Sag energy, if there's not, if that drive, if they're not really into what they're doing anymore, maybe they were like, in a career that they didn't really love and it wasn't really what they wanted to do. Once like they hit the wall with that, it almost like goes away. So it's not like they keep going. There's like, this momentum that will just stop them because they're just like well it's not what I wanted to do so I'm just gonna like I don't know it almost like peters out that makes a lot of sense yeah yeah they are the smoke and I wonder if that's why they're referred to like as the phoenix the smoke rising above the ashes because of that they're triple fire so that would make a lot of sense and then Mars is fire molten lava so you know there's so much fire in there, but it's fire that's moving. It's not fixed fire, and it's not cardinal fire. Cardinal fire would be active. Fixed fire would be, like, held. It's, like, mutable fire. So that looks exactly like you just said, Ellen, and it, it just, like, changes to the next thing. Now, the interesting thing is with that, ooh, there's two things. The interesting thing with that is there's the need for uh, the, the getting bored, could mean starting something, investing a lot of money in it or a lot of resources in it, and then just being like, no, I can't do this. So taking a loss because of it. But there's also this, like, the, a Mars and, Mars and Sag is like Casanova. They're going to have, like, so many lovers. Their experience is going to... They, they might use people as an experience for that mm. adrenaline high. Like, yeah. um, you know, I'm trying to think. Actually, Brad Pitt is a Sagittarius, I'm pretty sure. Um, that, that Sag energy is just like, all right, like I want to experience this and like, I can be really present with you and love you and it might feel like forever, but really after this moment, like I'm going to go find something else. Yeah, it could be, it's not the most loyal energy cause it's so changeable. It's mutable fire. So it's going to burn out and then they move on to where the fire's burning again. Or stagnate. Or yeah. Just, if they're like in a relationship where that has become stagnant. 
it just turns into, like, ignoring each other. Oh, that's true. That's really funny you say that, because Lindsay, um, another friend we study astrology with, she refers to, like, sad women when they are in a bad relationship and they need to, like, Mars it out, that they're, like, just treading water, not getting out. Like, they fall through the ice and they just tread water and they'll just keep doing it and doing it and, like, not, you know, like, I'm not going to get out of here because I don't even know how to do that. Right. Like, I would just rather complain about all the shit that's not working than even try to get out. It's almost like because even though they're fire, it's like if they've lost completely that last ember, it just, they can't get it back. Yeah. It's like it's gone. It's weird. And then they kind of just like go through life just like a zombie. They need another fire. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You know, they need, yeah. Uh, Oh man, I know some lazy sages and they are totally zombied out. I always forget about the lazy sages, but they are definitely real. Yeah. Yeah, because they sit inside all day. Yeah, you don't, you don't see, see them. them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reading books. Oh, yeah, yeah, because they escape in their minds rather than in life. Yeah. Oh, that's totally real. So they could be in, like, a fantasy world, like, inside themselves, but, like, almost superimposing their, a different version of reality on top. That's almost kind of Piscean in a way, but, yeah, I could see a Mars and Sag doing that. Mars and Cap? Yep. This is, like, common sense. Mm. Like, a Mars and Cap equals common sense. Yeah, they're more grounded in their expression, and they are going to be very matter-of-fact. Like, if they're mad at you, they're just going to explain why. There's no kind of beating around the bush. It's very much to the point, very much like, let's just deal with this. But they can also very easily compartmentalize so that they can, like, throw themselves into their work and not feel it. Yeah, they're going to be, like, logical and reasonable about it. And the only way they're actually really going to get genuinely mad is if you prevent them from getting mm. something done or they're, yeah. or they're feeling dumb or caught up in a task that they can't finish and it's been way too long. They move... Mars is going to... Capricorn is going to drag Mars down a little bit anyway. There's always that, like, ear sense, like, let's slow it down and really think this through before we need to, need to act. And then Mars is going to be like, no, dude, you're going to act. Like, act. Do something. And it's just going to be done reasonable because, you know, Capricorns, they're not showy. They don't show their emotion, even with Mars or even with the sun, you know, but they have them. And, yeah, a lot of the times they compartmentalize it and use it for, you know, it it will come up later or not at all. But it's not necessarily that they're, like, insensitive. They're just such task masters. And Mars is about the task as well. Mars is about what are you going to do. And the Capricorn wants to do the task. So there is a harmony there. Like, Mars and Cap is going to get the task done. And if anger is going to get in the way, they're going to remove it. Yeah, they will consider it just something that needs to be overcome and dealt with rather than, or no, not even dealt with, overcome and just kind of pushed out of the way. It's not their first priority. And because of that, I feel like you could maybe not see that side of a a Mars and Capricorn. You might not even know they're angry. They might not even know they're angry. And do you think it goes away? Um... Or does it come back? I think the task always prioritizes. And yeah. if they don't have a task, then Ooh. it, yeah. it yeah. lurks up. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, the, uh, an angry Mars and Cap would probably get a lot of house cleaning done. Yeah. You know, like, if you have the function, that task, to mm-hmm. apply it to. But if you don't have that, that thing, that grounded 
next check off the list to do. Yeah, where does that that drive go? Yeah, Mars and Cap is like a check off a list kind of thing. And if there's not that to do and it gets ruminated in their body, absolutely. I also think they can have really low sex drives. Yeah, I could see that. And I think that they're probably pretty perfectionistic in the way that they work. It might take them a while to get a task done, but it's going to be done really well. And I think that they might be interested in bettering themselves. Like, I could see someone who's maybe, like, a bodybuilder having Mars and Capricorn. Like, something where they are working toward a goal physically, and there's, like, measurable progress. Like, okay, today my arm muscles are at, like, you know, 10 inches around or whatever. whatever. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Which wants me to... I want to go back and bounce to Virgo, too. Because Virgos are also very health conscious, and I don't think we mentioned that. Mm. A Mars and Virgo can be very health conscious. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Capricorn, very, that's very true about the bot, like, measuring the, like, how much body fat do I have and, you know, how big are yeah. my muscles. Um, yeah, because it's, like, improvement. It's, like, moving toward a goal, which is very Capricornian, and Mars being in the body, it's, like, a body goal. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're, you know, well, I said common sense, and that's, that's the biggest thing that comes to mind. Um. It's just very undramatic placement. We can totally move on. I wonder if they would, like, in an angry state, like, look down on others. Because there's kind of that, like, superiority of, like, I'm on top of the mountain and you're pissing me off because you're below me. And, like, why can't you rise up here and, like, be like me? Mm. Kind of. Yeah, there like, could be a like, boss to a Mars in cap for sure. Yeah. yeah. You know. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, they're going to be impatient with other people's emotions, I feel, in general, because it's going to slow them down. Not to say that they can't be compassionate or kind, it's just that, especially if you get them at the wrong moment, they're going to be like, ugh, like, why can't you just control this? Like, this is, yeah, yeah. Like, I can control <laughs> it, why can't you? Yeah. yeah. Cardinal energy, too, is um, very proactive, actually. Even Libra cardinal energy. Cardinal energy just has a proaction to it. So there is, with cardinal energy, which technically Mars would be a cardinal planet, Capricorn's a cardinal sign. So there is going to be a little bit of that energy of like, well, let me check myself and let me like just like step back to see the progress and make sure before I initiate forward. So that is one of the reasons I think the energy is reasonable. But the other thing is that cardinal energy, it just like wants to flip the switch and make the change. The end goal is like, how do we flip the, the switch and make this production happen and now move towards that as opposed to the stagnance of fixed and the constant change of mutable. Um, so there's something very progressive and, and, and it is always about like moving forward and getting to the next level. And really the only way this could be damaging is when it's super stuck. Mars and Aquarius? Yes. Um, Long-winded? Verbally? Yeah. When, when, especially when they're mad or like going off on philosophical injustice? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. They might get more mad on behalf of like humanity than like on account of themselves. They might see injustice in the world and be very upset about it and kind of, like, hold on to that as opposed to, like, if somebody's rude to them, they're going to be able to kind of, like, brush that off, I think, more than some other Mars placements. 
Um, really turned on by intellectual stimulation. Yes. Yeah, like, you couldn't just, like, caress a Mars and Aquarius and get them in the mood. You'd have to kind of, like... Say the right thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that are intelligent. Like, there has to be kind of this back and forth. Mm-hmm. But I could also see where a Mars and Aquarius would do more of the talking for release. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's actually especially for sex. I also find Mars and Aquarius could have a very low sex drive. But, but if, like, what you're saying, Ellen, about, like, turning them on intellectually is really the way to go to, like, stimulate the other stuff because they just want to... They're going to be very progressive. They're going to want to keep moving with their information. And they don't think small. So... They are not necessarily thinking of, like, what they're going to eat for dinner tonight, but, like, how to end systemic racism. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In some ways, they could avoid personal problems by thinking about, like, these large-scale things, because they, they do have the tendency to kind of move up out of their bodies, so Mars and Aquarius isn't going to be as rooted in the body as Mars likes to be, maybe. Spontaneity. I could see where they, a Mars and Aquarius could be really spontaneous. Some of it is because of what you just said, and some of it is just because, like, they probably bore easily, or if they get bored, they, they actively, that's when they actively decide to change or switch it up, because I don't think that Aquarians do well bored at all. They need to feel like something tangible is happening, and something that they're doing is going to eventually have form. Mm. um to you know and that they're like being like listened to even if they don't give it form if just their idea takes form that i think is an is enough for them because they see progression and if they don't if a mars and a aquarius doesn't see progression they're really gonna like struggle and and really get stuck in their mind and may become really grumpy Mm, absolutely Whereas they are, you know, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, I'm wondering if a Mars in Aquarius could maybe... You know how, like, for instance, Mars was just conjunct Uranus, and I feel like with Mars conjunct Uranus, there's a lot of chances for people to kind of just say angry things all of a sudden. Like, it just kind of comes out. Do you think that happens with Mars in Aquarius? I feel like they might get impatient with other people's stupidity. Yes, but in the level of, like, yes, absolutely, but in the level of, like, a demographic, like, Republicans or elderly people, or as opposed to, like, on my BFF, you know, they're going to be like, well, Trump and his administration, or... Yeah, they're not petty. Yeah. They're going to be more upset about, like... Yeah, larger scale issues. Like Palestine, like every, like all of them at the same time, you know? They yeah. might feel like they're carrying a burden on their shoulders because of that big thinking mm. and being like, and you know, Aquarians definitely have a really great understanding of how, especially Mars and Aquarius, definitely Mars, even more so than the sun, how the micro affects the macro. Mm. You know, there is something macro about Mars. It's not just personal anger, it's collective anger. Mars is. A perfect example of Mars on a larger scale is our country being built off a lie with, like, the slavery and the, like, the uh, having to amend the Constitution, you know. Mars in Aquarius is like, fuck that bullshit. Like, that's just ridiculous and we can't have it anymore. So they're going to, like, 
fight for those bigger issues that changes everyone because they do have an understanding on how it affects the um, individual person but they just see it more collectively. And I think they try not to feel those feelings because if they did feel those feelings, I mean, that's what Pisces is for. If Aquarius felt those feelings, they wouldn't get anything done because they'd be feeling it on the micro and the macro and they would really stagnate if they were in their bodies and not in their heads. They wouldn't be able to handle it because when you look at one person suffering versus like being at war and seeing a bunch of people dying at the same time, like they're like, that's heavy shit. Yeah. yeah. Mars and Pisces. Well, Ellen, you have this. Do you want to kick it off for us? Oh. Well, I'm just starting to understand and work with my Mars because underlying anger always comes up and, and I am an Aquarius sun too, so just feeling all that collectively, wanting to understand where my anger in my own space comes from. And I... It feels mutable. It, I mean, it is with the Pisces. It feels like the anger can go from one thing to the next, from whatever, like, if I don't, if I don't get the satisfaction with understanding this, this thing here, it will just shift over here, or it will mm -hmm. just shift, it mutates a lot. Um, there's also something that I read that was, like, the, the type of love that you're seeking is not something that you'll find on earth as a Mars and Pisces. And so wow. there's always this like striving for this like love that is just not a tangible thing in the earth realm. So that's kind of what I have been just dabbling mm. with, <laughs> trying to understand a little bit more. Yeah. That's really cool. I would have not guessed that, but I completely see it. Mm -hmm. Completely. And then I also wonder like, is it anger or does it just go like to depression? Because the Piscean energy, it's like there's something about Pisces where they're fucking so chill, right? Like, especially the, the females, I think. There's just this energy of like, okay, that's happening. Like, I'm going to accept it and I'm going to not care or let go or be sad and move on or like half deal. And I think over time that energy becomes collectively heavy. And because it's not like identified anger, it over time kind of turns into this depression and mutation of um, the senses. So it's harder to be intuitive because you're not always fully releasing because Mars needs release. And Pisces, Pisces is like a big wet puddle, puddle. They release, but there might not necessarily be like a lot of fire to it or a lot of like hey, I don't want this to happen again. This is my boundary. There's none of that, especially with the Mars and Pisces. Yeah. There's a running away from the boundary. Um, so I could see where it would lead to like a heavy depression and, and not trusting your intuition. Um, but I also could see where um, it would be really easy to keep secrets from yourself with a Mars and Pisces. Because mm. Pisces like energy is like, their, their wisdom, I think, goes unnoticed. Like, they are deeply wise and they're deeply resilient. Um, and they're so open that I think they're not taken seriously. This is what I was trying to get at in the beginning. Like, their no never really means no, even if they say no. 
they always get tested and have to do the no over and over again. Ellen and I were just <laughs> Ellen's talking like, I know, about that. this the other day. You know about it too. You had a Pisces rising, you know? Yeah, it's exactly. Like, you know, it's like the person that is going to have to ask you twice or three times, even though you, you said no. Um, so that energy with Mars is like, could I, I feel like a Mars and Pisces could easily get bullied. And also not know they're being bullied. Mm. Um, and and they, there's just no defense. Like, Mars doesn't bring any defense even to the Pisces. Because I guess the Mars, the Pisces could absorb the fire of the Mars. They could almost meet it with, like, in, intense enveloping compassion. And then it's kind of not sedated, but almost just, like, absorbed into it. But that would take, like, a, you know, a more evolved Mars and Pisces, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that they might flee sometimes. Mars and Pisces might retreat or flee from intense situations. They might have a lot of release of feeling. They might cry easily. Do you think that, like, <laughs> I could see it to be like, like, if somebody does something bad to them, they withdraw and retreat and don't talk to them for, for however long they can, and then they meet up with you again and they make, like, nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're just gentle souls. It's a really gentle placement, and I think, like, the world's harshness. I really like what you said about, like, the love they're looking for not being in the earth plane. I hadn't considered that, but yeah, because they're so... Pisces is all about removing boundaries and sort of merging with others, and Mars is, like, the energy that you're moving towards, so you're always moving toward the removal of these boundaries, but because we live in this plane of separation where... You know, it's not, beings aren't unified, we're all individuals, it's like, that's impossible here. There's a laziness, too, that comes, and it's, I can see it being, like, because that love is, like, not attainable, like, the Mars and Pisces is like, well, what's the drive about then? Because, like, I can't get it, so I'm just going to, like, sit here in the puddle. Yeah. And be a puddle. <laughs> if I can't have the idealized thing, then I'm not going to have anything. And, yeah, and yeah. so the or drive is hard. The drive, is, like, the energy. You could also think you're going to get it and be in denial about it and keep dating the wrong person over and over again and have one of those relationships that's like, I'm all in, I love you, you showed me this one romantic night. <laughs> and it's going to be like that forever, like, change, change, you know, like, you got to go back to this one night we had, yep. you know, like, that's the romance, the endorphins, like, released, like, we made sweet love, and, like, then you get ghosted, and you're like, no, but there's this, so I'm going to hold on. Yeah. Yeah, like, like we were saying with Mars and Aquarius, you could almost sort of superimpose your own, was it Mars and Aquarius? I can't remember. Maybe it was Mars and Sag, I don't remember, but one of them we were saying you almost need to like, you can superimpose like a fantasy over the reality and put like a lot of energy and effort into maintaining it and upholding it because, I mean, Pisces is ruled by Neptune, so it's really easy to kind of um, move into that realm of deception, like keeping secrets from yourself, like you said. Yeah, and just being like confused all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh no, Helen. <laughs> Well, Pisces energy in general, I think, could be confusing. But the reason why it's a, it, the reason why this is like a bigger thing. This is for a whole other episode. But Pisces are so absorbent; they do want to mesh to know their boundaries. That's how they know. They learn from like who they're absorbing. So if they're absorbing a bunch of like really shitty people who don't give a fuck, 
then they're in this like convoluted mess. But you can choose what you're going to absorb by really picking your people. Because if you know, like, like at this point, the way that I, I'm a double Pisces and the way that I pick my friends is I, I know who I want to be like, I know what I want to be like. And if somebody has that quality, I will be friends with them because I admire them and I admire their actions and what they're doing and I want to be more like them and watching them and absorbing their energy field is going to help me get that way. Mm. So instead of like, you know, hanging around a bunch of like people that I'm like, I strive high. Like I used to have like really low self-esteem, you know, everybody goes through that shit, of course. But at this point, like my self-worth is like so good. I'm like, I'm picking my team of people that are just so cool that we're all vibing the same and we can make these things these things happen and they're going to support me in my dreams and I'm going to support them in their dreams. So I really choose Pisces energy. I think really needs to choose who they're around because their boundaries are so poor and because they just start acting like the person next to them. Now I have, I definitely have like a very strong identity and I know who I am. Um, and part of knowing who I am is picking really cool people to hang out with because of the shit behavior that I had before when I was allowing this nonsense to happen of all these things that I was not. So, like, I redirected the energy and, you know, water signs in general, maybe not as much Scorpios, but Cancers and Pisces could totally benefit from doing that. Yeah. Higher your standards. And I totally feel you on the, like, how you said Mars needs to release because in the Pisces, like, knowing who you can release to, who you can confide in makes a big difference. Like, if you grew up with parents that don't understand your emotions or or your lover doesn't understand your thing or whatever every time you try to just vent it 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 hits a wall with these people that are your direct support so the better the more you can find like-minded people that can understand and receive your venting and not just try to fix they understand that you're just venting that is going to help that that part feel like oh I'm not just a freaking weirdo that nobody yeah that it's not too much like I've got this support group that understands so like knowing who you can vent to with a Mars and Pisces is, is pretty important mm. this is a longer podcast so hopefully yeah. it makes up for the week we skipped keep yeah. listening to us we love you and we're doing a special Ashley we'll talk to you yeah. about yes we are doing a Valentine's Day Sinistry special 30 minutes of us talking podcast style about you and your loved one's chart. You can do your lover or your best friend or your dog if you know his birth time. <laughs> and uh, it, it will be $50. Usually we charge $50 for 20 minutes, but we're doing a 30-minute Valentine's Day special. Uh, so get in touch with us. Send us a message on Instagram or Facebook or email, and we will do that for you. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Pisces Rising. To send us a request for a celebrity chart or a topic, or to get a reading with us or see our upcoming classes, you can find us on Instagram at Pisces Rising Podcast. Email us, PiscesRisingPodcast at gmail.com, or find us on Facebook. Have a magical day.